Everybody. Welcome to the Recovering Entrepreneur Show. I have had a very frustrating, disappointing, stressful couple weeks. My heart is still filled with, I don't know, lingering emotions around it because not everything is settled. So I'm going to share with you my work journey the last few weeks. It's, it's interesting because I took this W2 job, uh, for those of you not in entrepreneur space, that's what we call real jobs, um, versus having our own businesses. But I took this W2 job because it was an amazing, amazing fit. And I took it after a few years of being on my own and answering to myself and making my own decisions. And I've always struggled in corporate America, like always struggled. Not because, not because I didn't know how to do my job, not because I didn't know how to work with people, but I led people. I'd almost always been in charge of my career, but I led people from a place of doing tasks um, and authority and probably driven mostly by ego on some level, because I always wanted to be right or get my way. And if I didn't, then the emotions would kick in. And I just didn't have the emotional emotional intelligence during my career, which now that I'm in recovery and now that I've had so much personal development training, everything from work, leadership, uh, you know, spirituality, all the things that encompass me nowadays, going back to this W-2 job, I'm going on with a different lens. And here's a few of the things that have happened. A few weeks ago, I made a deliberate and intentional decision. Um, so we, we, our client is even a bigger corporate client who we serve than my company is. My company is relatively new that I'm working for and they're amazing. They're like people driven. They love the business. Um, they're growing faster than you'd ever think possible. It's just a really, it's a really neat little company, but our big company is corporate grocery and well, in the stores, right? Like grocery. And that's, that's the world I came from. And so it makes perfect sense. This job is cool. I'm living in a cool place. I'm, I'm an expert. I'm, I'm legit an expert at what this job is from a task perspective. And as I re-entered this W-2 world, it, well, a couple of things, just let me clear it up. The reason I was able to take the job is because they support me in the, my entrepreneurship and, and my dream to build my 321 recovery playgrounds. So that's an amazing reason alone to work for this company. Never mind the fact that the job is really fun. Uh, it's warm. <laughs> if I warm, I mean temperature. But it's, it's very aligning. And I've done every part, every job involved in doing our job, which made me think that I could just be a superstar, you know, like, cause I knew all the things and my ego started sneaking back in an ego that I kind of 
I definitely haven't eliminated it, but it's not how I made my choices. In the entrepreneurial space, we give each other feedback, very honest feedback. And it's with the motivation of helping each other and wanting each other to be better and supportive. And if any of you have been following my journey, or maybe you didn't know this before, but I'm not, I've never been really like a touchy-feely, woo-woo, let's talk about our emotions. Emotions weren't even like really in my vocabulary. Like the word vulnerable, I used to think was like a swear word. I hated the concept. I barely could say the word, never mind, feel it and exude it. And now I feel like I'm an open freaking book. Um, And that comes with the recovery and that comes with not having to lie about anything. And that comes from knowing that I was put on this earth. This is what I believe. um, And I wasn't, I wasn't destined for a career in floral forever is what I've come to believe. And that I have to be vulnerable and show up for the folks that are going through similar things Um, to show them that we can get from point A to point B and that life really does have a bigger purpose and meaning. And we should be enjoying a quality life and not living in suffering pain or escaping into gambling, drinking, drugs, whatever the case may be. So I believe all that. And this job, I couldn't have written a job description that better suited me. When I started, because of so much of the training I've had in the entrepreneurial space, and because I can take feedback pretty good, and because I thought I was a decent communicator, I went into this with a little different approach. The way it worked was I had us rebuild a team. And essentially, out of all the employees that were here before I got here, I only have one from the existing crew. And this this all happened in the course of 12 weeks, right? I got here. uh, I don't even know if we're at 12 weeks we might only be at 10 weeks, quite honestly, lots happened. So I hired people and we were in the busiest season of the year, no matter what part of the world you're in, uh, floral sales in May are just crazy. And even though I thought I was the best floral manager when I was in the stores, May was the only time of year that my department was not tip top perfect at all times. Cause I couldn't keep up with it. Demand's too high. That's the whirlwind I came into that and all this turnover and having to staff and having to uh, be in the stores to make up for the bodies that I didn't have while trying to staff and train and, you know, the whole cycle. And throughout this process, I decided that I would take some of what I've learned the last few years and apply it to this W-2 job and some of the things I've learned in recovery. So instead of like leading from a place of dictatorship. I was trying collaboration. Instead of being all just black and white business, I was trying to add a personal element. And what was really cool for a while was we were developing this team where I had people in recovery. I had people, different lifestyles. Um, I have some entrepreneurs. I have some people, some college students. I have created this really diverse neat workforce. And part of what I thought was going very well was every morning we get on a call, every weekday morning, we'd get on a call to start our day. And the intention behind that was a couple things for me. It was communication. 
And it was to set the stage for the kind of day that we should have. And I believe we should set the stage for good days. So we would do gratitude and we would also do, I think I put it away. Yeah, I think I put it away. But these little icebreaker games and there was different questions in the box. And I never really knew, like I didn't read them. Maybe, and this is an opportunity because maybe what I'm sharing with you today is a way for me to reflect God only knows what aha moments will show up as I talk through this. So we were getting to really know each other. And I mean, people admitted they were in prison. They talked a little about their sexuality because I have two lesbian couples on the team. Drugs. We, I mean, we talked about, because I have someone who wants to be the first uh, entrepreneur that sells uh, marijuana when it becomes legal in this state. So very diverse. And one of the things that I'm so grateful for, and I'm reminded of this today, and this is why I'm kind of recording today, I think, and I don't know that I intended to go into both topics, but I might as well. But why I'm thinking about this today is this is the day after the announcement of the overturnment of Roe versus Wade. I don't get deeply involved in politics. I feel like it's a full-time job to pay attention and to keep up. And I also feel like there's no perfect choice when it comes to voting and that kind of stuff. So I would rather not make a decision than make an uninformed one and have it be the bad. I have voted. Don't get me wrong. I voted. And one of the people I voted for was Trump. And I voted for him in 2016. And the reason why was because I had such an affinity and respect for him in the business world. I had tried out for The Apprentice two or three times. Like I stood downtown Hartford, Connecticut, waiting in line to audition. I submitted a video. I did all the things. And then he went to Celebrity Apprentice, which really kind of pissed me off. Um, it didn't have the same vibe. Like I really love the high school versus college. Because uh, at the time, I don't think I was, I hadn't gone to college. And I just thought I was, again, driven by ego and, and so smart. So anyway, when one of my friends texts me, I don't watch the news. I see some on social media. I can tell what's going on based on when Grant jumps on a clubhouse room and he's uh, trying to get his facts because he's, although he's opinionated, I, what I love about Grant Cardone's style is he listens to both sides and he just wants understanding. He does make decisions and you know where he stands on things, but he's also not an asshole about it, which is beautiful. So anyway, so during a text conversation, uh, one of my coworkers is like, well, I'll be, I'm going to go grieve for womanhood right now. And I'm like, well, what's going on? And she told me that the su Supreme Court overturned and bear with my language, because again, I'm an expert, the decision about abortion. Now, my stance on it is an abortion is kind of the same exact way I treat life and people now. And by now, I mean, in recovery and through the lens that I look at it. Now, mind you, I'm not perfect at it all the time because I still have those character flaws, like judgment that want to sneak up or righteousness, or the ego still lives there, whether I want it there or not. I believe that people should be given the choice. Like that's, so I guess pro-choice is where I land on that. Now, why I voted for Donald was because he had this business acumen. And what I did hear throughout the years was what, what trouble our country is in, you know, with money and um, 
well, if he can run businesses successfully, he should be able to run our country successfully like a business. So that was, that was my thinking. And I'm not ashamed of my thinking. And I think that there's things that he's done well. This is where I'm getting into the two sides of the story, right? And how I view this, because I have to be open-minded about what's happened the last few weeks. So I don't agree that this is part of what Trump represented, but it doesn't mean I hate Trump. And I know it's, it's funny. I even got corrected for using the word. And ironically, I use the word as in Trump, as far as um, like, like in cards, when you play cards, if you have, if you're playing spades, spades is Trump. So Trump is the boss, right? Or it beats something, it trumps something. So I was using it in that terminology, which was ironic because as a, as a gambler in recovery, uh, I, I still use gambling language. Um, and that could be construed as it because of cards. And um, I'm just hypersensitive to that because I don't like to trigger people. Although I don't, I really wish people would get healing instead of having to still be as reactive to triggers. But anyway, I digress. And I got corrected in the conversations, like, be careful how you use that word, because like, like this one man changed the fact that we can or can't use this word. Uh, And it was an interesting call out, but I'm going to still use the word if I want to use the word, but it was interesting to hear this perspective. So why I'm saying all this in the work context is because I appreciate other people's perspective and I was trying to be collaborative and especially on these daily calls when I was trying to do training and the relevant information and um, we would start our day with gratitude and I was trying to make it a connected team. I have no judgment. I don't give two shits. You're going to see why I'm getting that, why I'm a little frustrated and what's happening. So during the course of the last two weeks, um, a couple of weeks ago, someone on the team Uh, called, they were in a place and they felt like they were in danger because someone was preaching about um, God and and saying their views. And it impacted this person because it was one of my gay people. And again, I don't give a who, just like I don't give a who, who does or doesn't get an abortion or who is, uh, who wants to grow weed and who wants to be in recovery. Like I, I can love people all equally. So on the night of this incident, as as her as a representative of the company and as her as her boss, I said to her, I said, listen, I can remove you from that situation. Now we're not talking about like an 18 year old. We're talking about someone in their late 20s, um, has had some life under her shoulders, whatever that looks like. And I said, I'll pull you out. You just say the word and I'll pull you out if you feel uncomfortable or unsafe. Uh, and I did say, but, you know, as a friend, like as a human being, you're going to come across these things in life. And uh, so then the week after that, she wasn't acting the way she had always acted. Now, mind you, this is someone who has said, this is the best job I ever had. You're the best boss I ever had. Always had feedback for the collaboration part, seemed to want to strive to do a good job. Um exhibited much enthusiasm. Well, because of what was going on in her personal life, this whole conversation was a really big deal. And I can even respect that. I could be okay with that. I could be like, okay, let me show her some compassion and grace. Cause that's who I want to be. 
I want to be the person who shows compassion and grace and allows people to feel their feels and go through their process. Now, being 20 years older than her, I also know some of how the story plays out, right? Like history definitely repeats itself. She's also from, uh, had some exposure to addiction, right? So we have someone who has had trauma, obviously. And, and there's other components that I just know about her life because she's chosen to share that with me. Now, I also want you to know, uh, we've had uh, personal conversations uh, about sexuality, about the books we're reading, about recovery, about all these things. And when she agrees with me, I guess I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. But now that she heard, and I guess this, I guess this could be a conversation about communication just as well. She heard what she wanted to hear when I told her that she would have to, you know, don't be surprised if you're going to run into this stuff in the real world. And that became a pain point for her. And now what's happened is I'm getting that. And any of you bosses probably know, or maybe as an employee, you've done this yourself, that snarky, combative, just on the line of complete assholeness, the way that people act. And I've done it myself. Um, sarcasm was one of my favorite, favorite things to do, uh, when I was feeling some kind of way or, um, shutting down, like just silence. Well, you don't agree with me. I'm not going to talk to you kind of thing, just assholeness or fake, fake professionalism. Okay. Thank you for sharing that with me. Okay. You know, like, and here I sit, you know, back in a W2 job after leaving one, because I didn't want all this bullshit. I really did not want all this bullshit. I thought that corporate America was dead to me. And this is one of the reasons. So for that first week, she just made things uncomfortable. And, and I pay attention now to energy and vibe and all of that. And I'm granted, I'm not an expert, but I pay attention. And I know when something's not right. I think we all know when something's not right. So now the end of that week, I say, hey, let's talk. So I listened to her for like an hour and a half about how me saying that the real world can impact her this way was so triggering. And I didn't know about her family's views on religion and how it impacted her life and blah, blah, blah. And I let her have all that. And at the end of the conversation, it was, it was left as like, okay, I hear you. Um, it was getting blurry. And I said to her, I said, well, we're going to have to reevaluate if we can have a personal relationship along with the working relationship or not. Now, granted, I created this culture, right? Because I wanted to be there. I wanted to share so much of what I've learned. And maybe that's my biggest mistake, right? The W2 world, this W2 world was not ready for it. And because I'm not in control of all the things um, and I'm trying to do it with, with having people to report to versus having complete authority to make the decisions I want and need to make to make this stuff work. Um, I, you know, I have bosses. So this week she dropped the ball on customers, was reporting to work when she felt like it, uh, just very all over the board. Now, as a young company, we don't necessarily have, uh, and, and wanting to be flexible and people related, we don't necessarily have like you punch in at nine o'clock every day. It's not like that. You service your store, you do it in reasonable hours. The problem is so many words are op open for interpretation in the workforce. There are some that will abuse it. 
So as this week unfolded, um, it was still that negative energy and just lack of service. And I had to follow up. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been responsible for me to not follow up. So I very matter of fact business, I have one hair that's like totally bothering me. Sorry guys. Um, so listen, like professionally, I want to terminate you personally. I freaking love and care about them. Um, and here's the messed up thing. Instead of actually acknowledging and owning what they did, they did the whole, I want HR, I want the boss, all this stuff. And I've been through this many, many times in my career. When frontline teammates don't agree, they want to go up, they want to create a stink, they want to be right, they wanted this, they wanted that. And one of the things that I've learned in my entrepreneurial journey is don't be a victim. Well, in my recovery journey, I guess that's why we call it the Recovering Entrepreneur Show, because that's just it. The lessons I learned from recovery are applicable to entrepreneurship and vice versa, actually. And I did a lot of a lot of work with William White Cloud. I was in one of his class, two of his class courses. And victim, he describes it as you're in a victim circle in a creative circle. And the work surrounds about getting out of how we view things as a victim and moving to creator. And I have to remind myself of that right now too. So victim Bobby, and I was probably in victim mode the last couple of weeks. Like, why are my employees being such assholes? I did everything. I did everything I thought I could, but maybe I wasn't right. Maybe, maybe I didn't do everything right. Maybe this is all happening for a reason. Maybe I'm supposed to be learning something from here. Well, that's not even a maybe. I know I'm supposed to be learning something. And that's why I'm sharing it because I'm hoping you can learn something too. You might be one of those dick employees, honestly, and you may not even know it. And here, here's the problem now. I can't even tell her, which if it was an entrepreneurial situation with the kind of people that I associate with, we could say, hey, you're being a dick. Like grow up. What can you do? How are you taking responsibility instead of the blame game? Because blaming doesn't help anybody. Like, just doesn't help anybody. No value to it. Um, and, and again, not perfect. Still find myself doing it. It probably even sounds like I'm, as I'm talking, like I'm blaming the company for not having enough black and white rules. Um, but it's nobody's fault but mine. And I went to uh, a training Thursday night and there was a quote from Brandon Dawson. I have it written down, but it, essentially we need when we're it's my responsibility as a as a manager to make sure that I communicate effectively but just because I think I'm communicating my message clearly doesn't mean that they're hearing my message clearly uh, unfortunately the the situation is so volatile we can't even clear that up and to make it worse and this this is what really is another thing that totally pisses me off. You know, like I have a family member that's, uh, chooses to identify as pansexual. I totally support her in that. If that's what she thinks, they, them thinks, I, I'm still horrible at the language around this, but I'm working on it. But if, if that's who that person wants to be, I support that. I love everybody. Like I really, really do. Uh, and now for it to get turned around and make it like we as a company, me as a human being, 
doesn't support her in her sexuality, which has zero place at work, but I invited it in. So my responsibility again, right? Like it's my fault uh, that I invited it in, but I wanted it to be a safe place, a safe place for anybody who might feel different because of their sexuality, because of their addiction, because of their prison history, because of whatever the things are. And I just sometimes have to remember if you've been listening, you might've heard me say attitude to gratitude. That's one of my internal mantras. I want to change my attitude whenever I'm acting like one, which is coming from a place of victim, coming from a place of ego, coming from a place of just blatant assholeness. That's my attitude. I want to change that into gratitude. So for this situation, I can, instead of being snarkety and an asshole. Like I really want to be like, I really, really, really want to be. Um, I can choose having gratitude for the situation that I'm learning. I can have gratitude for the fact that this is a story to share. And maybe whether you're the boss or the worker, maybe there's a, a nugget in here for you to figure out or, or learn from. I can appreciate that. If, if there's some little light bulb that clicks for you, I can be grateful for that. I can be grateful for the fact that I'm making content for my channel so you can get to know me a little better. I can be grateful that I'm off today because I have this job that doesn't require me to work seven days a week. I mean, I still work seven days a week because I'm an entrepreneur still in the background, but I mean, there's a lot to be grateful for. These girls helped touch my life. They also made it fucking unbearable the last two weeks. That's victimhood. They didn't do anything to me. I had a choice every morning when I woke up to let this consume me or not consume me, to be professional or not be professional, to be a jerk or not be a jerk. And quite honestly, I don't want them on my team anymore. Not if they're going to disrupt the whole team. Not if they're going to make my life harder. I, I hope that someday I turn around and I'm able to come back on and tell you that it all worked out great. This was a growing experience for them. They have blossomed to the next stage of their emotional intelligence, 20 years ahead of my schedule. Um, but all that is not my responsibility. And I don't really have any control over it. I can show up. I can be a good human being. And I can't let this ruin me. And, and I guess knowing what I know about myself and podcasting that talking to you guys and working through this stuff and sharing this stuff, being the V word vulnerable, uh, is a good way for me to express it so that I get it out of my system. So my attitude doesn't show up. So my, my jerkness doesn't show up. So hopefully my sarcasm is gone. I'd love to say it's gone. I'll, I'll be happy if it's minimized. So, and this is one of my coping mechanisms and I think it's healthy because I'm sharing. Uh, and, and again, maybe something strikes a chord because we all have a choice. Like we just all have a choice. We can be the victim or we can be the creator of our destiny. Now, victim to me is living in the past. Victim to me is blaming other people. Victim is empowering anything and everything around us that isn't us. And then saying that's why our life is the way it is. 
my life is the way it is because of all the choices I made that led me to this moment. Like it just is. Uh, when Kai and I were on a trip not too long ago, our tour guide, we were doing some, we were doing some uh, kayaking and clear, clear bottom boat. It was kind of cool. Uh, even if I saw a snake, uh, which is a whole fear topic. Another topic. I have a fear guest coming on the show soon that you guys will get to meet. And this is part of my development. I'm afraid of snakes. It's not rational, but I got to figure it out and I need to get over it because it hasn't always been this way. I was always fine with snakes as a kid and I'd catch them and they were cool and blah, blah, blah. But um, for whatever reason, I have an irrational fear about them. So I'm working on even that, which is totally crazy. But anyway, so we're on this little tour and the tour guide is really into like philosophy and English and literature. And he's a young guy. He's like 19. He was awesome. X, 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 oh my God, this is a hard word for me. Extra, existential, existential, anyway, uh, I have to do more reading and I have to practice pronouncing that for you. But basically, the difference between thinking that our choices create our life or believing that our life is determined by the universe. And this is part of my, this is part of my open mind and my growing. I might've just tuned him off. Nope. The universe has decided I'm going to build a chain of recovery playgrounds. All the bad things that happened to me happened to me to prepare me for this next stage in life. I am the chosen one to help talk about gambling addiction, uh, because of my story and how I can relate to all these people, whether it's the topics of suicide or alcoholism or bad relationships or, or death after death, after death, after death, after death, after fucking death. Like I could believe all that, or I could decide that I mean choices around all that. I don't know the answer yet. He just gave me that word. And I still have a lot of reading and stuff to do, but the point isn't about whether or not existentialism, screwing that word up or the universe or God or whatever any of us believe in is right or wrong. For me, it's about the pursuit of learning and exploring on the journey. In that moment, when he was teaching us about this, you know, in just this conversation, I was like, Hmm. Like this is deeper than anything that I've thought about, I think. And it was interesting. And I love learning. Learning lights me up. I'm curious. And it didn't used to be that way. I always was, you know, like a trying to be better. Like I went to college. I tried, you know, I became a Zumba instructor. I've uh, learned to golf, like all the things. Like I'm always trying to make progress. I mean, that's just one of my core values, I guess, which I wouldn't have even called it that eight years ago. I wouldn't even identified it or known it or been self-observant. So I guess, I don't know that, I don't know that, I don't know where I land. Are they going to learn from this? Are they going to continue to stay in victim? Are they going to decide that their choices actually have something to do with it? Are they going to think that the universe did it? Like literally we agreed. We couldn't tell if I was here to have them in my life or me in theirs. Like we've had that conversation and now it's all rogue. And, um, you know, quite honestly, I'm frustrated and it's people like this that ruin it for everybody else. 
you know, Juneteenth wasn't that long ago. It's Pride Month. We're celebrating differences. And when someone like this abuses the fucking diversity and differences, it's just obnoxious. It's just obnoxious and it, it ruins it for everybody else that has to fight harder to get treated like an equal and that color and sexuality and age and all of those variables have to go away and you want to be seen for who you are, but you can't because of people that are playing victim. Maybe that's my big aha for today. Uh, I also follow court coach Stormy and she does a really good job of, of preaching that message too. She doesn't say it quite like how I just said it. She definitely has her own flair, um, but she basically, she tells her community, which is the black community. And I say black community because her and Elena Cardone had this whole little, is it black or African-American? And everybody that Stormy asked said black. So she tries to tell the black community. Now she probably celebrates um, Juneteenth. I honestly didn't pay enough attention to her social this week to know for sure. But, um, but she tells her people like, you don't want to be treated differently because of your color of your skin. Don't act differently. Don't put yourself in a box, you know, that you're, you're not, or that you're less than because you're black. Like, she's like, stop playing victim, get off your ass. I'm a multimillionaire. You could be too. Like, just don't settle, like, just stop. So it's, it's powerful people like that, that can help remind um, different groups, whatever the group is, I don't give a shit. It could be seniors saying they're not getting jobs because they're seniors, oh, whatever the thing is. Don't be one of the victims. Like, I don't even know how it feels good to be a victim. I've done it enough. It didn't, it didn't make me better. It makes me feel less than, and like I'm giving my power to everybody else. So don't be a victim. Don't give your power away. I, I'm, I'm taking my power back this morning. Instead of being a victim of the situation, I'm taking my power back by talking to you, I'm taking my power back by keeping my phone silenced all day today. I'm taking my power back by getting my head back into my work and being here with you and doing some of my to-do list and going to sit by the pool today because I deserve to sit by the pool today um, and give myself that grace because it was just a stressful freaking week. It just sucked. Um, and I allowed it to suck. So shame on me. So don't, don't you allow it to suck. I mean, I reset. I know I have all my toolbox and I tell myself, like, don't let them control your mood. You aren't feeling any way because of them. I was feeling ways because of me allowing myself to feel those ways. So another, um, and this won't make sense in just this context probably, but another William White Cloud, and it comes through different leaders in different ways is about, I, I write down in my rules, it's from his book, uh, The Magician's Way. He has these seven seven rules. And the first one is my thoughts and feelings aren't true or aren't real, something to that effect. And I, I literally write that down every day to remind myself that my feelings and emotions are systematic of my beliefs, which may or may not be accurate, 
which goes back to me being curious about things and being open-minded and being willing to learn and to accept new information, new people, new situations. I would have told you six years ago, I am an atheist, 100% black and white atheist. There's no God. What do you mean? I can't see him. I would have said that to you. And then in 2019, when my focus was on spirituality and figuring it out, now I can say that word too. I used to, it's the G word. Anybody who went to Gamblers Anonymous with me from 2013 till about 2019, it was the G word. I still struggle with it sometimes, but because I appreciate people and the differences, it can be God. It's their God. For me, my choice today is the universe. That's what I choose. But I may go down this extra, extra central, you know, they say existential crisis. Oh my goodness. I may go on that journey and learn something completely different and decide I don't believe in God or I do believe in God as God. And, you know, from the, the Catholic or the Christian or, or whatever the perspectives are. Um, honestly, another thing, just like politics, I've never done enough research to really understand, I've asked people, but I still can't get the right, I can't get the same answer, not right. See, I got a wordsmith myself here. I'm confused. Wow, this should be a this should be a real and raw like Caleb, but I'm confused by the Father, the Son, the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Anyway, I get really confused about what's the difference between Jesus and God, because I hear him interchanged, but then there's the three, the father, the son, the Holy ghost. So it was the father, God, and the son, Jesus. And again, I haven't explored it. You probably are, are like yelling at the screen right now or at the, at, at whatever device you're listening to this, just on audio saying, well, Bobby, it's this, 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 and this. And, and that's how I feel with these girls. I need to not yell at them. Hey, it's this, this, and this, they're going to have to figure it out on their own. Just like I have to figure out what all of these things mean, what they mean to others, what they mean to me. That's what we're here for, right? Like to learn, to explore, to enjoy. And just talking to you guys today, thank you, by the way, I learned through through COVID and podcasting every day that I didn't know it in the moment, but I, I realized it after and upon reflection, another one of my favorite things to say, but I realized this is my own therapy and it would be selfish to keep it to myself. And it is selfish to do it and share it with you, I guess. Uh, so anyway, that's what I got. I'm going to go work my way towards that pool. I hope that you have a fabulous day, beautiful people. I am Bobby the Awesome, and I will see you next time. Thanks for being here. You